This lady talks about a cock. That the biggest rehab in the United States, like populous, is Prescott. Like the town itself is rehab. Because I feel like I go there sometimes to like rehabilitate my sanity. I think from the day to day. Per capita, they have a, the highest concentration of rehab facilities in Prescott. Really? And this is what within the state or country? Within or? the country. Really? That's actually makes a whole lot of sense if you've ever been there because it's gorgeous. Yeah. And like, if you walk around certain areas of Prescott at night, you're like, wow, there's a lot of drugs here. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, this is episode number eight. Right, right, ridiculous. We started nine months ago. Yeah, sorry about the little hiatus we had here. Yeah, since our previous episode, but got some news. Yeah, since the last one. Yeah, some news. Care to share? Um, I am going to be a dad. Times two. Times two. Second child, not twins. Nine years later. Congratulations, <laughs> you're a dad again. <laughs> Remember the diaper phase? Did you forget? Did I forget? Okay, so there are three milestones when I think of like raising kids to where it's just like holy shit i'm not having to spend a ton of money anymore <laughs> you know yeah like i mean of course kids like milestones are great oh my kid learned to say nah, da, da. <laughs> you know <laughs> that's cool but like for me it was um and in this order okay was oh good i don't have to buy formula anymore because now he'll eat mashed up rice <laughs> freaking cereal <laughs> You know, formula is expensive too. And my kid, he didn't take to to the boob. Yeah, didn't take to it. So <clears throat> that was uh, that was expensive. Um, second milestone was, of course, was of course like leaving diapers. Like yeah, a whole holy shit! I don't have to spend money on diapers anymore. <laughs> yeah, like my son is almost four, and he has like officially left the diaper phase. I mean, you know, it's probably been like probably like three or four months since I think I've bought pull-ups. But, it, I mean, he's still what's a bet. Actually, overnight, anything like yeah. that, you know? I mean, it's maybe once every couple of weeks. Sure. Yeah, which is fine. You know, I mean, yeah. not to say it's fine because it gets frustrating. Maybe less. Enough, but... Maybe less, but, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah, that feels good. Yeah. Yeah. So that third milestone that I'm thinking of, too, <clears throat> is um, is just beginning of school. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, there's no more daycare. Yeah, public school's free. So, and kids is rough, but it's the most rewarding thing in the world. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of anything better. Yeah, not having kids. Yeah. <laughs> well, like everyone that I work with that isn't married or have kids, I'm like, oh yeah, you must like money. You must like you must have like so much money. But like even before all that, I don't remember having like an abundance of money. So I'm just yeah. wondering what I spent it all. On. Yeah. Like alcohol and cab rides and hotels. You think about it too, yeah. If you live like a, I'll say a bachelor, a bachelor life. life. Yeah, I was, yeah, bachelor life. You are spending a lot of money on those things, um, like unnecessary, maybe, unnecessary expenditures. Yeah, certainly. Like, uh, like going out to eat because, mm-hmm. because I mean, I think it, it, it's why are you going out to eat? Because eating by yourself is lonely, and you'd rather be social. You know, typically you're doing it with friends. True. Why can't I be one of those crafty homebody types who's like, let's have a dinner party? Because it's not. probably still cheaper than, <laughs> than going out. That sounds so hipster. I know, say. right? Let's have a dinner let's party. Let's have Friendsgiving. <laughs> I had Vegemite shipped in from <laughs> Australia. Yeah, dude. Like, I really, I 
like when I think about that, that's a good point. Like I eat out a lot less, not with women, but like <laughs> like at restaurants, <laughs> I eat, I go out to eat a lot less. Yeah, and that sucks. It's good and it's bad because it's made me a better cook. And you know, I think that's something that's kind of dying, especially within our generation, where they talk about millennials. And it was a conversation in the news where they say. Um, a lot of those basic skills are lacking in in young adults, young and I guess coming middle aged adults, um, where they don't know the basics of cooking, or they don't know how to change a tire of a car, or or just things that they really should know mm-hmm. were never, I'll say, challenged upon them or taught, exposed to, exposed exposure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Society as a whole is all about convenience you know and instant gratification and i mean realistically it's not the most favorable thing to have to cook because you have to clean and what you cook usually doesn't taste as good as when someone else makes it but Mm -hmm. i don't know i think you're right though once you get it down like it's just as good if not better yeah and i some another trend that i noticed too that kind of goes into millennials um, and I guess this this day and age and whatever you want to see um, a lot recent pretty recently you've heard um, of of shooting situations where mental illnesses is a factor or mm-hmm. it seems like there's an increase in in these diagnoses and and <clears throat> and uh, in these cases um, but the, I guess the real question is why why is it happening now why is it happening so often and I I will. I use the term so often very loosely because when you look at the big picture of things and, and the occurrences that happen, it's it's really not that often. It's more so publicized by, by media. Yeah. Um, but why do you think that, uh, that there's this increase in, in mental illness and conversation of it? I think mental illness has been around, obviously it's been around forever. And I think you brought up a good point with the media it's more of like a shock factor now <laughs> as Tyler is uh, <laughs> got a rifle on the table, which is pretty ironic that we're talking about this right now, but nonetheless, <laughs> what, what rifle is that? Uh, this here is a uh, Keltec sub 2000 nine millimeter. That's cool. And you said it takes Glock mags. Yeah. Uh, Glock 17 mags. That's freaking sick. Yeah. This has actually been kind of one of my, uh, my bucket list firearms. And for the longest time, it was actually really hard to get a hold of because, um, well, a couple of different reasons. One, I think the fact that it takes uh, Glock magazines is kind of really convenient. Yeah, it's super favorable. Yeah. And then the other thing is, uh, kind of a unique feature of this rifle is that it folds in half. Hmm. Um, and so it, you can put it in like a backpack. Yeah, you can stick it in a backpack. Like a jam sport? Away. Yeah, I mean, you certainly could. <laughs> uh, is it like a back to school item? That's too soon. <laughs> back to school sale. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't okay so mental <laughs> i guess we'll gotta reel it back a little bit so mental illness um i think mental illness is still being learned about you know and i think that the the nation as a, in a whole is kind of in this weird quasi i think i know what i'm talking about but we really don't you know um like ptsd is still a relatively new term and you know shell shock i guess was a more coined phrase after world war I. sure and i think at that time it was actually um slang i don't think there was a real yeah. medical diagnosis for it other than right that. yeah so shell shock was slang. shell shock thousand yard stare <laughs> and that was i think our first real um introduction into like mechanical warfare 
I think that's why it was so prevalent because if you think about how our society as a global society has evolved into using like planes, trains, automobiles, whatever it is to actually inflict, inflict war <laughs> with John Candy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it exposed a lot more people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and, and around the same time, World War One, you started filmography. Mm. And so you can actually see, you know, instead of just hearing about it, like even I can or have recently seen soldiers coming back from Germany, wherever in that European theater that uh, were affected by that. Mm -hmm. And even more so now with how many tours our soldiers are going through. Uh, And I use that term soldier loosely. I understand that there's sailors, Marines, etc. But um yeah, I think it's, it's really... Three or four tours, Yeah, as opposed to one or two. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that there's not a whole lot of real long... Uh, I don't know about long-term study um, done, but there certainly is a lot of short-term now that it's become more relevant and a lot more um, prevalent to, I'm sure, VA claims and things like that that come along. Yeah. Uh, but there's a really neat um, uh, writing by uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. Mm-hmm. And in his book... Um, on killing, I believe it is. Um, he talks about PTSD, but he talks about the variance as to why some people suffer from it and why some people don't. Hmm. Um, and some of it kind of stems from um, people understanding as to why they're in a situation they're in or why they're committing a certain act. Uh, that being, of course, in this case, killing, right? Sure. Or or witnessing um, catastrophe and... and, and and mass casualty in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, so why is it that that one one group of individuals um, are affected by it, but yet another group is not? And and a lot of that is also because uh, has been found to be that the people who were not affected oftentimes have uh, something to articulate why they're doing it, um, whether it's it's and it's in a lot of cases it's religion. It's because, um, I'm, let me back up real quick. People who feel affected by it can oftentimes not understand why they are doing this. Why are they defending? Why are they having to kill? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, and, and understandably, they may be more so affected as to, well, I just took somebody else's life and I don't fully understand why or don't necessarily agree with why. Yeah. Um, but there's a whole other group who may be super gung-ho as to the mission or, 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 or the campaign or what have you. And perhaps they don't, or perhaps they completely understand why they're all for it or or whatever the reasoning might be. Um, they are prepared for it. Um, and a good, I guess a good comparison to that can kind of also be, um, if you're out with your family, okay. Um, say you're at the store, somebody runs up to you with a knife and you find yourself having to use deadly force against that person. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now let me ask you: Do you feel like you would be affected long term having taken that person's life? It's an interesting question because I've never been in that situation. Sure, um, but I think, but I don't think so. I think that it would be much easier for me to be able to justify that life taking because I you're doing so in in passion because you have not necessarily passion for the act of killing, but passion for your family. Right, knowing that what you did was just because. Um, you as as the protector of your family did just that your job, right? You know, and you completed the mission there. Yeah, which bring I and we're gonna go back to that, but 
Did you see the video of that lady slashing that kid in the face? Oh god, that just turned my stomach. Yeah, that was that was one of the harder videos I've seen. Yeah, I mean, because I, I I don't want to say I like watching snuff films or anything like that, but it's certainly good to watch it mentally prepare yourself that this stuff actually happens on the earth we live in and sometimes outside of our front door well it's like that gas station ready ideal you know like no matter where you are mm-hmm. you have to be prepared mm-hmm. and the the i mean everything about that video bothered me every single thing so kind of breaking it down you know first she rubs the the blade of the knife against that girl's face as she's walking by and then she comes back and kind of lurches at her with uh, the mother holding her hand and then she comes back to the little boy being held by the hand of his father and slashes him I think two or three times in the face. I think she sticks him twice, yeah. Yeah. And then she just casually walks across the street. The dad um, leaves the boy, goes and swats at her and then she just continues to walk. I know she still brandished the knife at him but the things going through my mind are the father witnessed the entire event, not mm-hmm. only touching his daughter, but then, you know, slashing the son. I'm having issues understanding, like, how did she get away? Because there was a bystander that saw her as well. I don't expect that person to necessarily intervene, but I don't understand as the father how he let her get away. Mm. I mean, she was on the hunt for like two or three days. Yeah. I mean, I'll sit. I'll watch the video right now, and I'll kind of give you my play-by-play as to how I feel and kind of what I think. Um, and maybe you can read off the title of the video in case anyone hasn't seen it. Sure. Um, I wonder if YouTube would even have it now. Oh, well, I'm sure. Yeah. It, it's not that graphic. I mean, realistically, you don't you don't see any blood. You don't see anything too crazy. Let's see. This one says CCTV footage of a woman trying to cut face of children with knife. Let's take a look. And an advertisement. Dramatic music. Lady grabs the kid by the back of the head and clearly sticks the boy. And then she takes a lunge at uh, the little girl, it looks like, where the parents pull one of the kids away. I think the thing that gets me the most in this whole thing... and So, my background is, is security, law enforcement, and just the sit- lack of situational awareness. Not that I'm blaming the parents that they could have prevented at least the first incident, um, but... There are some body cues that you can see from the lady where she's eyeing the kid. Mom clearly looks away from the kid as she's passing. Um, I'm sorry, this music is kind of loud. I hate when people do that shit. If you make YouTube videos, please don't fucking... Dub a whole bunch of music. That's So she comes in, sticks the kid. Mom turns around. She realizes something's wrong. Dad knows something's wrong. And the lady advances on their other kid and and they don't do anything. Mom is actually the first one who tries to reach out and stop her, but Dad is frozen. And then Lady starts to walk away across the street. Dad takes a sprint at her real quick, and uh, she swings the knife around. Dad jumps back. Um, I think I think what frustrates me most, and it, in, in any situation, of course we want to live our lives with a white picket fence and, and the, whatever plutonic family that we want to see in storybooks and we want to start our day off, have breakfast, end our day, have dinner, go to bed, you know, but unfortunately we live in a world where that's not permissible because there are evil people who want to commit evil acts. Um, and maybe the person isn't evil, but the act is itself. Um, but, um, I think a big thing that we lack nowadays is situation, situational awareness and just, what the dude, I fucking hate Alexa. (laughs) She's listening. (laughs) Dude, that freaks me the fuck out. 
Alexa, stop listening to me. Okay, so I guess that means we're kind of like in the... My uh, FBI agent is <laughs> freaking the fuck out right yeah, now. Yeah, we're in incognito mode right now. <laughs> but, I mean, that's my two cents. Or, I guess I can give you a little more than two cents as to at least the scenario and, and, and what people... The ugly truth about the world we're in. Yeah, you have to expose yourself to some of the idea that we are not safe 100% of the time. Do you do you know what country that was in? I don't, actually. I thought it was here in the U.S. because I know that that lady got arrested, um, I think, today. They, they arrest people around the world. Oh, that is true. That is. <laughs> I hope she's publicly hung whatever country she's in. They fucking do that still. <clears throat> but, like, this mental illness thing... Kind of branches. It was out. in Georgia. It's fucking nuts. Like, I think U.S. Georgia. How is it spelled with a G or a J? G. Really? Oh my god! Fucking piece of shit. What's her name? Mm, you know, that's a funny thing. Is the picture that I once th- that I saw of her being arrested? Um, they actually blurred her face out. Innocent until proven guilty, but, right? But I mean, any other news station would have gladly postered anybody mm-hmm. for that act. Oh fuck yeah! Regardless of your 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 innocence or or guilt, the news media is still going to post it. I want I want to kind of like reel back a little bit too. I only uh, mentioned our our service members. People can suffer from PTSD from uh, a shitty childhood, a fucking car accident, um, and being, even on a temporary sense too. Yeah, and I mean any traumatic event. It's post traumatic stress disorder. So if you do suffer from that. Um, Number one, no, you're not alone. I mean, there are so many people that suffer from this, and you know that stems to anxiety, depression, whatever issue that you may be dealing with. You are not alone. And I think that's one of the most comforting things if you suffer from one of that to know that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can talk to other people, um, like to a therapist. If you don't feel comfortable talking to a therapist, um, I'd say at least try to branch yourself out. You know. Talk to your friends and family about it. Is, talk is to it, somebody who's not so objective over what you want to talk about either. I mean, certainly you want comfortability, but of course you don't want... And comfortable could be talking to a family member. Yeah. But on the same sense, you don't want judgment. Mm-hmm. So there is always somebody who's going to fit that 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 category of... Being a non-judgmental third party. Yeah, certainly. Or, or if you feel like you have a family member that you can trust that won't be so judgmental. Right. But even if you don't have that, I mean, there are professionals who who can still help. Therapists, some psychologists, things like that. Who and can... most employers have an employee assistance program. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. they, they offer like 13 or 26 sessions with a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, at no cost to you at all, the, yeah. the employer pays. And yeah, and that can be drug, completely confidential. Drug they addiction, don't... alcohol addiction, mm-hmm. they cover so much shit. Um, and I, I've dealt with anxiety disorder and depression. And I think for me, the most important thing that helped me was being involved in, in my community. Sure. And um, I can tell you, I can tell you firsthand as well that I've used the EAP program um, through my employer when I worked for my law enforcement agency in the past. Um, and it was for uh, a traumatic incident that had happened in my life that I just couldn't get past. So, but you were saying, um, yeah. So like, I started to volunteer a lot, um, and like it, it gave me something like something busy to do, you know. Because a lot of the times, like 
when you're stuck in your own thoughts and stuck in your own head, that's the worst place to be. Sure, idle hands. Yeah, dude, devil's work. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I think a lot of these shooters that have kind of made mainstream media are kids, men, women, whomever is responsible, or people that that don't have an outlet. Um, you know, a part of me kind of like falls into that conspiracy that you know a lot of these people are cells you know, put forth because of a political agenda. But, you know, I, I, I can't be so ignorant to believe that they may not just be suffering people. Yeah, this is true. I mean, you know, so I'm like, I'm a kind lot of caught of, in uh, that. Uh, well, you look back at some of their manifestos and things like that, and certainly they attempt to contribute um, to, yeah, some sort of political party think, or, yeah. or agenda or whatever based on their actions is, is their... Is there, I don't know, sacrifice to it? Yeah, but, kind of like acting as a martyr. Yeah, certainly. Um, and I'm going to debunk a couple things. So a lot of the right wing say that they're all Democrats. That's not true. No. Um, no. I will say, though, that none of them are NRA members. That's true. So stop blaming the NRA for this shit. Yeah, well, the NRA's <laughs> got their own problems, too. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have mass shooting problems, though. Yeah. Um. A lot of them are predominantly white males. That is true. Mm-hmm. Um, that that does beg a question: Do kids with uh, Down syndrome can they do twenty three and Me, or do their extra chromosome throw off the entire fucking system? That is an interesting question. I mean, I really don't know how the whole system works in twenty three and Me, but they, they like write them a letter like, "Dear Tristan, unfortunately, your chromosomes have <laughs> extended our reach." <laughs> We give you a, a, a big farewell. Here's our $75 extra chromosome fee. <laughs> because, you know, you have to pay more to get additional information from them. Like, they won't just take the stuff and, like, do it for you. Because uh, they'll do the whole ancestry thing. Yeah, so it's like an a la carte. Yeah, and then they'll do the ancestry mm-hmm. for, like, $200. They'll do the ancestry. What? I did my ancestry.com for, like, 60 bucks. Oh, shit. And I'm not trying to advertise because they're not giving me shit for this podcast. But, but they'll also do um, uh, medical stuff. Yeah, yeah Medi- I've seen that. But like weird shit too. Like, by the way, you would probably like oranges over lemons. Really? I like lemons. Other than Mexicans, who likes lemons? Eat limes. Lemon. 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 What's it? How do you? Uh, ¿Cómo se dice lemon en español? Lemon. How do you say lime? Lemon. So lime is lima. 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 Like bean. lima bean. Uh, lima. 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 That was lima. If any of our listeners Limon. could be happy to clear this up for us, please let us know. Email us at redrightandridiculous at gmail dot com. At gmail dot com. That is a real email address. Yeah. Now we can actually get in touch with our listeners, all oh. four of them. <laughs> no, I think I think we have a dedicated eighty. No shit. And we still get listeners. Even oh. after our hiatus, we average seven a week still, even Dang. with our, like three months. I listen like four times a week, so that gives Do us you? like... So three. <laughs> but... Yeah. Yeah, so if any of y'all like have questions, thoughts, uh, ideas for topics for us to talk about, please feel free to reach out to us at redrightandridiculous.com. Mm-hmm. No. At red, no. <laughs> redrightandridiculous at gmail.com. That. Red, right, and ridiculous at gmail.com. I've, I've been thinking about doing like a Patreon 
type thing. Yeah. I, and, but at the same time, like, I don't want to feel like I'm begging me. I hate and, that too. And I but don't... you know what? I'll say that. Okay. So like you watch YouTubers and stuff like that. Yeah. And they talk about their Patreon and it's not like, oh, fuck, I feel bad for this guy. Like, I feel bad for me. And why, like, I don't want to ask for it. But these guys are like, hey, yeah, why don't you donate to the fund? Like, hey, you want me to keep making videos? Let's do this. I'm like, fuck, these people are cool. I want to donate to you. Yeah, but nobody <laughs> thinks we're cool. That's a problem. Like, I've gotten, I've gotten <laughs> some feedback on this show. I'm going to be real. I'm going to be real right now. A lot of people, most people, like the show. So I, I just wanted to kind of add that in. But... Red Right Ridiculous brought to you by our sponsors, <laughs> Tyler and Cody. Yeah. <laughs> but there are some people that um, think that we don't mean to be funny, that we just end up being funny because we're idiots. And I don't think you know that's what? true. But I'm still okay with it. I mean... I, the whole thing is, is I want people to enjoy this. And however you decide to interpret it... Is completely up to the listener. Is completely up to the listener. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, mean, uh, if if you think that we're idiots and we don't know what we're talking about, fuck you. But hey, enjoy the podcast. And and another <laughs> thing, the people that thought that the the transporter that we interviewed our last episode that was a for real transporter. That was for real. Like I didn't, we didn't just come up with somebody that had all that information and made it all up. I mean. There was Unfor- no unfortunately, paid actors or actresses or yeah, we can't afford yeah. that. Are you kidding no, me? Man. <laughs> I told you who funds this podcast. We do, and we're fucking dads. I think yeah. we mentioned in the beginning that we don't have any money. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was a miracle that I even had this fucking recording equipment. <laughs> like I spent so this many <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Some of the squandering money that I spent was on this fucking recording equipment because I thought that I would be a good guitar player. I used to have three microphones and then, fuck, I had a kid. Yeah, and then I had to pawn one off just to get some fucking Similac. No, but... Uh, yeah. But moving on, I think, um... Speaking of kids... <laughs> Why does this happen every episode? It kind of does. Yeah, we literally talk about kids every fucking but, episode. But, you know, I mean, you consider kids are, like, a huge part of our lives, so... And we invite you guys to kind of be part of it in a very weird anonymous sort of non-monogamous way. Monogamous? Monogamous? No, monetary way. Monetary? Yeah. No. <laughs> if if every listener donated 10 cents, we would have... Less a than a dollar. dollar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> well, you brought up kids. Um, I am still not convinced that Pizzagate was not a thing. I know that. I know that a lot of people have uh, debunked that myth. But so, if, like Alec Jones, Alex well, I, Jones okay. has been right about so much shit. I guess first off, if you don't know what Pizzagate was, Pizzagate was a I'll say quote unquote conspiracy. Yeah, from WikiLeaks because they intercepted a bunch of uh, emails from uh, Podesta mm-hmm. back and forth talking about this fucking pizza place. Um, and it was bizarre because, uh, what was it, Comet Pizza? Um, it was Comet, yeah, Comet yeah, Pizza, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this this guy, um, Podesta, who was uh, during the Obama administration, was asking, it'd be like asking Papa John, like the actual CEO at the time, Papa John to make you pizzas. And so just... Asking the pizzeria, whoever the fuck answers the phone, at yeah, the, exactly. At the like, hey, can I order and like place. fifty fucking pizzas? Because they're doing a fundraiser or some shit. But so, it turns out, like with their order, there was code that went along with it. Yeah, 
And inside of this fucking pizzeria was like pictures of kids with like their butt cheeks red, like looked like they were getting spanked and stuff. It was very gross and bizarre and creepy as fuck. So Alex Jones blew the lid off of this whole Pizzagate thing. Um, then was later shut down by the media. Um, but he talks a lot about the elite basically taking kids, you know, post-birth um, and stealing body parts off them. <laughs> Fucking adrenochrome, which is... Um, one of the things that are, it was brought up in that fucking movie, uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. So adrenochrome is a substance that your body naturally makes when it's uh, using adrenaline. Uh, so what they do is they have all these tactics to fucking make you super stressed out, super f- afraid, you know, really like amp up your body with adrenaline. And then they extract your blood and then get the adrenochrome out of it, which is an incredibly addictive substance that's a hallucinogenic. And it was actually used in MKUltra. So MKUltra was a project in the 1950s uh, used by the CIA to try to do mind control and telepathy and a whole bunch of other shit. Like Men That Stare at Goats, that movie. It was based off of MK Ultra. Really, I didn't. I've yeah. never seen that. Yeah, it, it, I just it, know it's what a happened. bizarre movie. Yeah, but it, it it's based off a real fucking thing. So that that's where LSD started to be used by the CIA for experimentation, etc. Mm-hmm. So Alex Jones talks about this shit, dude, and I and I think it's like almost like a decade later. Whenever he brings up something fucking nuts, people then realize like, oh, oh shit, no, he's like right. He was actually on the fucking. <laughs> he was on the money. Yeah. Um, I don't know how he gets this information. I really don't. You know what? I don't think we really will ever find out, and I hope we don't, because as soon as we do, we lose those avenues of, right. of intel. Exactly, and it gets deeper. So, like, in the 50s and 60s, the 60s, the project was shut down, supposedly. MKUltra was shut down. Um, and what they have that's readily available is that they extracted it from rat blood. Um, but it gets weirder. So... Who the fuck says I'm going to take this red blood after scaring the shit out of them? And how do they use it? So they um, they extract it, and then it comes in like droplets. And in the movie Fear and Loathing, they they drop it in their eyes, like like really? little drops. So I'm assuming that's probably true because you can do mescaline that way as well. Sure, it yeah, through your yeah. eyes, um, maybe sublingual, but. Obviously, there's a higher concentration and quantity from human subjects. Um, so the conspiracy, if you will, is that they do satanic rituals and abuse that causes fear, panic, excited delirium um, to subjects that Ooh, obtain yeah. higher concentration to the adrenaline glands, adrenal glands. Yeah, forcing someone in, into excited delirium would be a great way of yeah. doing it. So like a continuous torture, sleep deprivation, maybe even um, throwing in drugs. You know, like cocaine or whatever yeah. can. For those of you who don't know what excited delirium is, it's a uh, a state of which the body kind of uh, begins to what? Well, really, I guess die um, after the use of typically stimulants, mm-hmm. PCP, cocaine, methamphetamine, um, methamphetamine things like that, <clears throat> to where your body is um, overheating, it is out of control. Um, the subject will typically start taking their clothing off because they're so hot. They'll start sweating profusely. Their heart rate is going like crazy. 
because of all the stimulants that they're taking, um, you'll hallucinate. I mean, like if yeah, anyone's ever hallucinate. Had, mm-hmm. if you've ever had like an advanced fever where you start having like auditory and visual hallucinations mm-hmm. that i mean that's the beginning of the delirium phase i mean this is the guy you see on cops who is like stripping his clothes off naked punching through through freaking fences and things like that and fighting off like 10 or 15 cops that are on top of him and even on a, in a an episode of cops there's a guy who is experiencing excited delirium and had had those symptoms he's naked um, sweating profusely, won't listen to orders, t- talking a bunch of nonsense. The guy took like three rounds to the chest and Jesus. fought police. <laughs> After, we'll get this, and this was a, a, a conversation during our training um, with the law enforcement agency I was at, was uh, he actually sustained a shot to the heart and was still fighting police. So that's interesting that that state allows a person to to fight through that or yeah. lose control to that degree. So the the part that stuck out to me when I was reading that is the satanic rituals. So like Alex, <laughs> going back to Alex well, Jones. Well, that shit is scary. <laughs> yeah, so Alex Jones uh, infiltrated Bohemian Grove. And there's a YouTube video that's still up where he goes into Bohemian Grove with a bunch of fucking politicians. Uh, they, they go in, uh, Alex and his cameraman, and they fucking videotape this huge owl. Um, and there's like a, a human sacrifice that goes on. And it, some say that it's played out as a real human sacrifice. Uh, I haven't seen this. Yeah. So, dude, this is the first you, I've heard of this. You need to watch it, bro. Oh, it, it, it gives me chills thinking about it, bro. It's so fucking weird. Because they come out in robes. It looks barbaric. Yeah. And they... It could be a like real very human. ritualistic, like yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. So they they okay. come out in robes, the uh, color of the torches. Robes. Everyone's cheering and laughing. They they read like this long script. It's a almost like a play. That's what it's set up as. Okay. Um, so they're like sitting at a pond. The audience is on one side of the pond. Uh, the human sacrifice goes on on the opposite side. There's a massive owl. I don't remember the owl's name, um, but they it's a worship idol. Um, where was this at? It's in Bohemian Grove, California. California. And so they, um, there's politicians that come to this. They're super wealthy. I mean, it's all old white dudes that I saw in this mm-hmm. video. Mm-hmm. And they, they fucking do this thing. It's a, there's a huge banquet. It's like a three day like extravaganza. There's a movie that just came out. that's kind of like that. What is it called? <sighs> Bohemian Grove. No. But Bill Clinton's been to it. Fucking. Um, George Bush has been to it. There's a bunch of like high-ranking uh, ex-presidents, um, high-ranking military officials, uh, politicians that attend this fucking thing. Yeah. So the, it's, it's and it is a satanic ritual. Midsummer's the name of the movie. Midsummer's Night or something like Midsummer. that. Midsummer. Midsummer. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fucking strange. I would recommend watching it though. The the YouTube video of Bohemian Grove. If you just look up Alex Jones' Bohemian Grove, you can watch it. It's probably like a 38-minute thing, but you can skip through it, see the actual ritual. But it's it's very fucking creepy. You can hoax some of the shit, but that is just way too fucking bizarre. Yeah, I'm going to end up watching this video. I'm gonna yeah, you should. I'd stay tuned. I'd like, I, everyone watch like it. At least the next episode, we'll talk about this again, because I really want to... 
understand what this whole thing is. Yeah, it's really fucking sick. And you know the Clintons being that, oh, especially. Yeah, like their involvement in anything that is fucking shady. Can you look to see how many yeah. parents who were related to them? Yeah, so I mean, obviously Jeffrey Epstein. While you're looking that up. Um, yeah, Clinton's. Jeffrey Epstein is probably the biggest one because it was most recent. recent. Yeah. yeah. Um, so here's some weird things uh, that kind of popped out to me is that the guards, the two guards that are held responsible right now for you know keeping observation on him, their names aren't released. And I find that really bizarre because, like, whenever there's a police homicide that happens, like if there's a officer involved shooting or anything like that, the media always releases their names. Right off the bat. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's important. I, I really do for the you know public to understand you know who is involved. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that because I think that the officer should be protected until there is a, you know a verdict, if you will, by the jury. But nonetheless, um, it didn't occur here. Like we still don't know who the names of the guards are. Um, but a lot of things happened in in reaction to this event. So. Um, Attorney General William Barr was removed from the acting director of the U.S. Bureau of Prisons. Like, right off the bat, he was removed. Um, the warden at the the jail that Jeffrey was at, uh, he was removed. Um, and then the facts about the suicide are fucking bizarre as well. So the hyoid bone, uh, hyoid bone was broken. And so, you know, I looked up some, t- some statistics about that. Um, they do usually occur with about 50% of strangulation, about 27% of hanging. Now, I think that also kind of weighs into, um, now the physics of which their hanging occurs. Was there a drop that occurred, like somebody kicked a stool out from underneath them? Right. Um, and I can tell you in working in a setting like that for a number of years, it also makes it very difficult for somebody to do that. Um, I can tell you that I've, I personally have seen it happen uh, before, and um, and we of course play the scenario out um, because because in custody death is something of course we tried to prevent, mm-hmm. you know, and if it's a first time offender or things like that, they're of higher risk to um, to self harm. Right. So you look at the the ability that they have to do that and oftentimes their cell is designed so that they cannot harm themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but scenarios kind of go to where somebody decides they want to do it and then they lay soap or whatever, soapy water on the ground so they can't involuntarily attempt to stand up if they're trying to hang themselves or something like that. So there is no sudden jarring stop right. to their hanging. Right, and that's what attributed to the percentage of the 27% mm-hmm. of uh, hanging. So, um, and it's even less likely with a sheet. So, I mean, it really does have to be a, a strong, taut type of instrument to, to hang yourself. Um, and, it, I mean, it's just, it's really, it's really strange. I mean. Do you have a percentage of uh, <laughs> physical strangulation to where a high, the, uh, Hyoid bone is... 50%. 50%, okay. So physical strangulation. Um, so probability shows that it's likely, more likely to be somebody else right. causing stress to that, that bone. Right. Now, if you don't know where that sits, that sits uh, just above your Adam's apple, mm-hmm. um, kind of in the crease where you feel your, for most of us, 
<laughs> your chin meeting your neck, um, you'll feel a very deep kind of a pit above an Adam's apple, mm-hmm. and it sits right in. And they, the mainstream media it says bone is neck. I mean, not just one, but multiple bones Plural, in so his neck were were fractured. So I, it's got to be a pretty forceful fall or strangulation. Yeah. I, I can't assume it was a fall. No, I can't. Because there's see. not really anything that was there to really... Because, like, like, working in EMS, I've gone into uh, multiple prison cells myself and I've seen the bunks. There's nothing on the roof to hang it from. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess technically you could tie a sheet around one of the bars of the, the bunks, but you're not going to have a forceful drop. I mean, the bunks sit up probably about four feet high, even mm-hmm. the, the top one. Um, so, it, I mean, really does point to someone else coming into that cell. A couple other facts. So, lawyers ordered that Epstein be taken off suicide wash less than 24 hours before his death. Uh, the CCTV was malfunctioning. And in that, hold on, before you, in that, he had also gone to his attorney and... Uh, Signed a will. Yeah. Yeah. Signed up. Yeah. Reevaluated his will um, in the within that twenty four hour period, and his attorney might be held liable for some uh, wrongful death suit. Yeah. So his attorneys are are vetting that the uh, final diagnosis from the the fucking autopsy of it being a suicide. They're they're not in agreement with that. They're skeptical. Uh, so Metropolitan Correctional City. Uh, excuse me. Metropolitan Correctional Centers. They put them in a special unit for observation, which is why they were having, you know, uh, a guard every 30 minutes or less go through and, and keep an eye on him. And I'll say that is a federal standard, though. 30 minutes or less mm-hmm. is um, across the board when an officer needs to be putting eyes on inmates. Right. So that's not of a um, of a abnormal, regular situation. If a person is on suicide watch, it is less than that. Is it? Yes. Hmm. Yes. And they were, quote, unquote, sleeping? Is it, is that what the official report says? The official report, I'm not sure if it says they were sleeping. Um, I would be very interested to see that report, to see what sort of time period the, the uh, medical examiner says that he was deceased. Yeah. Um. But ultimately, there's more questions than there are answers. Absolutely, yeah. Still, I mean, this happened, you know, about a month ago, and we still don't know what fucking happened. Other than the Clintons fucking suicided him. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like 58 people that were fucking killed so far, or killed, I should say, have committed suicide that were somehow related to fucking the Clintons. The Clintons. Yeah, and that that stems from everybody. Every anyone from. Even Secret Service, yeah, individuals to um, to Jeffrey Epstein, like uh, just a, he's a financial um, financial advisor. No, no, I can't think what his title was. Douche, American financer is what uh, Google calls him. Financier, <laughs> but he had a fucking island where they committed pedophilia acts. Yeah, his uh, his whole sex trafficking ring, it, kind of circling back to the whole children and sex trafficking things like that. He was uh, the head of this this sex trafficking ring and this island, to where they suspect um, they would take children and people would purchase. There's that picture of Bill Clinton in a blue dress. No, that was actually I think it, no, that was in New York. That was in his uh, apparent 
the apartment. In his loft or apartment. Yeah, in New York or D.C. Gross. Let's look at that picture. <laughs> Epstein. Yeah, that part is weird. Bill Clinton painting. <laughs> Paint me like one of your French girls. I read a little bit about that artist, and she said that she had no idea that Epstein was the one that bought it. I think it was at an auction. I don't... She probably just doesn't want to be suicided, honestly. <laughs> just copping out. Yeah. Don't kill me. Um, I'm afraid at this point that I'm going to be suicided. Right? Let's let's talk about it a little bit. I mean, I feel like I'm cheating death just by kind of talking about it. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, I will put this on the record that I have no suicidal thoughts or tendencies or want to. So if I end up dead with uh, six suicidal gunshot wounds to my back, <laughs> just know that it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I didn't do it. Me. Brother Pinkle Clinton Heels and Townhouse. So, so the um, artist's name is Pat- Patrina Ryan Khaled. Mm-hmm. Like, who the hell says, you know, I'm going to paint Bill Clinton in high heels and a dress in the Oval Office. That sounds like a great idea. I'll tell you who. <laughs> While you're looking this at This lady. I'm dr- we're drinking this uh, Belching Beaver Deftones Phantom Bride Indian Pale Ale. Oh, God. It is good, man. It's fucking delicious, man. It's wonderful. I love it. I'm not- Beer for me, like, I wasn't a huge Pale Ale fan right off the bat, but, like, I've really grown to love it. Yeah, it certainly is an acquired taste. It seems like, and I was talking to somebody at uh, at a bar that I like to go to where um, there's a transition where kind of the hipster movement was going to, oh, pale ales, Indian IPAs. You know, mm-hmm. This IPA has uh, fucking grapefruit rind nodes and, and clove that kind of hits you at the very end. No, apparently we're shifting from IPAs, which actually feels like a, I feel like it's a, damn good man beer man like these are great mm-hmm. to sours hmm. which if you ever had a sour like imagine having like a an angry orchard or oh, what's another uh what's the oh there was that other one there used to be one, top no, no 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 a cider oh there used to be one with a beaver on it or something like that wet beaver sloppy beaver shit i can't think of it now squirting beaver no it's kind of like so it's kind of like a cider okay um, Angry Orchard. Um, but like, if you drop a warhead inside of a cider, <laughs> like that sounds really sour. It's like I don't know, man. Like it's straight up. It, it it's like brought. It's like Main Street to heartburn. Like, <laughs> like if I have four of those, three of those, I'm gonna have a stomach ulcer. It's bad. You know the, what the difference between um, looking at a clit and drinking Bud Light is? Looking at a clit, you only taste piss for the first lick. <laughs> Really gross. Hey! Fuck, I hate Bud Light. I do too. Dilly dilly. I feel like I've made more bad decisions with Bud Light than I have any other alcohol. Uh, Like, my first bad decision with Bud Light is buying it. (laughs) And then it just goes all downhill from there. (laughs) My first bad decision is buying it. (coughs) Have you heard any of the new Tool album? No. Oh my god. Fear Inoculum. It is really great. Is it really that good? I mean, of course it's Tool, and and yeah, it's funny because so I haven't uh, heard any hits out of it though. Really? Yeah, there's usually one like you know in like, an album you can say this one, this yeah, one's like, gonna be on the, like in ten thousand, and it days may not be like or, it may not be like then, you know, 
Yeah, but, but it'll be shit. A year or two from then, people are going to continue listening to the album. Like, fuck, this is a really good song. Yeah. So then they call the radio station. Hey, can you play this? Hey, can you play that? And they mm-hmm. see that, so they can like, oh, this is this, this one. This is a good. This is a good song, guys. Yeah, you know. But I haven't heard that good song yet. Really? Like I haven't heard like anyone that has like the hook that has that catch. And I could be wrong. Like Tool fans are probably going to fucking hate me because they're probably going to say all of them are good. Yeah, I mean they but, should all be. But that's where I'm at. Award like, I, like I really do love all of them. I think the drum track in itself is a masterpiece. Yeah, and everything else is yeah. excellent as well. But if you ever look at like Tool's lyrical brilliance. Oh, Maynard oh, is fucking... man. The guy is... is He's an intellectual, you know? He is yeah. very intelligent. Way I mean, more articulate he... than I am. <laughs> he makes amazing wine, and I drink it. You know? I mean, the guy is obviously smarter than me, because he can sell me something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but he can sell me a few things. I'll buy a number of his albums, and I'll buy... <laughs> I saw a picture of him. Um, he's like, somebody asked me if my wine was vegan. And I had never had been asked that before, and it scared me because I realized that it was. And then there's a picture of him dipping bacon inside one of the <laughs> barrels, and he's like, "It's not anymore, motherfucker." Not anymore. <laughs> Who the I just, fuck? I really it's a hipster thing. Love how awkward he is. Like, yeah. if you ever watch or listen to him, or even watch him, because like Joe Rogan puts his his. Yeah, I think he's had two interviews with Joe. Rogan. Yeah, he's had two. Uh, his interviews are just awkward. Mm-hmm. Kind of like our interviews with each other. Like, this whole podcast is awkward. Yeah. Like, we have a list of items that we're supposed to talk about in front of us. We've already hit all of them. Mm, I didn't know because mine has a Google Docs window in front of... Yeah, my fucking computer my crashed stuff. today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really upset. So. Thank you, Chrome. But, um, yeah, no, Maynard is is somebody who... You look at his history, his military history, um, the things that he does now... And I'm really surprised to find that he lives out here in Arizona. Um, he's got a winery in Jerome. Yeah, he's got... Well, he's got a couple. Mm-hmm. He's got um, a tasting room in Corn... Or, I'm sorry. Cornville? Uh, in Cornville. No, no, no. Cottonwood? I mean, it's that same relative area. Jerome. He's got... Well, it's Merkin Vineyards, and it's in... I think it's Cornville. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds right. Yeah. But um, just if you've ever... If you ever get the opportunity to come out here to Arizona and see where Merkin Vineyards is and realize that uh, Maynard is, I will say, this humble rock star, you would be blown away to say he is literally in a tasting room in a town whose main street probably stretches 300 yards. And that's it. How do you say his cellars? Is it... uh Caduceus Sellers. I, I, again, he's so much more articulate. Like, I don't even know some of the fucking words until I have to look them up. Yeah, it's like Merkin. Like Merkin sounds like really neat, but come to find out, it's a pubic toupee. Did you know that? <laughs> no. I yeah, don't. it's a toupee that sits on your pubes. That is hilarious. Like, well, okay, take a moment, look up Merkin Vineyards, and look at the logo. The uh, it's going to be like the uh, the picture of. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci, like, mm-hmm. you know, but it's... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's grapes over his dick. Yeah. That is hilarious. But no, it totally makes sense. I remember having this conversation with an Uber driver one time. <laughs> oh, gross. Your Uber driver talked? Yeah. She was... Dude, so we were in Flagstaff, okay? If you don't know, we're based out of Arizona. 
we were in Flagstaff. Um, and every year around um, homecoming for NAU, they have this thing called Tequila Sunrise. And this is where everyone um, wakes up really early in the morning and just gets fucking blitzed. Um, the bars open at like 6 in the morning and serve alcohol. And by 9 o'clock, there are college girls dragging themselves across the crosswalks. Mm. It's so much fun to go there. Um, I mean, being 30, 30 years old, um, it's it's fun to go there because like I can sit there, drink my beer, and say, stupid kids, and then hate myself tomorrow for having three beers because I'm fucking 30 and I can't recover like I could when I was I, I, 21. I feel like I nurse a hangover for like two days now. Yeah, yeah. It's I feel like I deserve like a temporary handicap sticker after I drink. For <laughs> <laughs> More than two beers. Yeah. But um, so anyway, we were uh, we were being very responsible, uh, and we took an Uber, and uh, this Uber uh, started talk or she was she started playing the radio and Tool came on and I was like man I love this song and she's like you like Tool I was like yeah I like a Perfect Circle Pussifer everything you know mm-hmm. she's like Maynard is a fucking and I was like I, I was sitting here and I was thinking I was like girl. I wouldn't be friends with you just because I know kind of your political views too, but I can judge you because of the stickers that sit on the back of your car that like I just got into. Fucking stickers. <laughs> yeah, but whatever, you know, Gross. fine. That's great. We'll have this conversation because we have something in common. Mm-hmm. I think you're correct. He is a genius. Mm-hmm. She's like, you ever been to his, uh, his Merkin Vineyards before? And I was like, or no, she didn't say it correctly. She said, uh, Merkin. No, no, no. She said like Merkin vineyards oh gross i was like merkin vineyards i was like no it's merkin and watch what's fucking by an act of god maynard himself listens to this podcast and corrects me that i'm saying it incorrectly <laughs> but i was like you know what a merkin is right and uh this this girl she she was in college i assume she's very young much certainly younger than i am uh says i think it was like a uh, an aha moment where she's like oh shit it's not somebody's last name <laughs> you know yeah no what is uh what is merkin like merkin is and then it got awkward because like, i have to explain what a what a pubic toupee is to my uber driver she's like why would anyone want pubic hair when it's it like all this money waxing? Well, so i'm sitting here and i <clears throat> we'd had a few drinks this morning that morning <laughs> and um i think i think the first thing that came out of my mouth was you know what a cog piece is <laughs> So then I was like, oh, fuck. Well, of course she knows what a cog piece is. She's like, no. I was like, fuck. Now I got to explain that one, too. <laughs> God, that's gross. Yeah. So then I say, well, uh, you know, like a wig? She's like, uh, yeah. Like, imagine putting that on your junk. I, th- and I remember the... <laughs> So my, like, like at the time, at the time, we had two of our friends in the car. My wife was in the car, and the whole, car, and we were at a stoplight. We were at a stoplight, and she looks at me through the the rearview mirror because I'm sitting in the back seat behind her, and she says, "A what?" It's <laughs> like, yeah, it's literally a wig you put on your penis slash vagina, and then she, like I hear this nervous chuckle. I was like, "Fuck my." Uber score is going to go to like five stars down to three. <laughs> it's like, I'm never going to get picked up by an Uber ever again. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I explained that to her. 
And to my surprise, I just educated everybody else in the vehicle. Because nobody... Mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I had no idea. Well, congratulations. Was. You are now educated. Yeah. I had no idea. So. Yeah, that is uh, absolutely disgusting. <laughs> I would like to really know where it, like, where it originated and who the shit thought... You know what? No, I'm not. Who? I don't... Okay, so like that that's a good point though. I'll like, say hipsters. Like <laughs> male pattern baldness, right? Occurs on your head. Who gives a fuck? I mean, like I'd be like gleefully delighted to know that my pubic hair was falling out. Cuz I I mean, like I respect the ladies so much that I do quite a bit of maintenance manscaping. Manscaping. That if it fell off, I'd be okay with that. But there must be a time period where that was more machismo to have uh Larger bush at one point. I I fucking hate seventies porn because of that though. Yeah, that makes it really displeasing. I think otherwise, it's kind of nostalgic with me watching like the scrambled fucking static porn on channel ninety nine. <laughs> at three in the morning. <laughs> on my TV. Yeah, you know, watching listening to it on like volume setting two. So yeah. American. You're welcome, kids. Yeah, I think of like porn when we were kids. Can this be a topic? Porn. Sure. Yeah, I think of porn when we were kids, and I think of like that exactly that like my first experience of what is these what are these two scrambled channels at the end of like all of our channels, and why is it after ten o'clock this lady talks about a cock? The first time I saw porn, I was with you. Really? Yeah, we were at um, AK's house. Oh. I remember that. Yeah, the kid that the offed himself. Yeah, he would uh, say, yeah, we had a guy who just... How did he... Do you know how he killed himself? I don't know how. I just... I I heard that he died. I, I, and I thought it was drug-related. I assumed. I assumed so, because I remember a lot of gossip as a kid. Kid had switched schools and got, his, got into some shady shit with some shady people. A lot of our friends did. Yeah, we have since been immune to the shadiness. Yeah, it's been nice. Gotta say. Yeah, so the first time I saw porn, I was, um, you know, was I 11 or 12? Oh, that's a good question. Probably more so 12. All right, so I was about 12 years old. Yeah. I'm asking because you were there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think the first thing that came to my mind was that guy's dick is huge. Yeah. Like, I felt super self-conscious. Yes. Because I had, I, I was like, there's no way a woman would ever like me. With, Girls like with this, that? This little tiny peener that I had at 12 years old. <sighs> and uh, I thought it would be a lot cooler than it was. Because I was like, I was kind of excited to, to watch it. Because he had taken that video from his parents' house. Or his parents' bedroom or whatever. And No, it was the neighbor's. Neighbors? Yeah, people across the street. I, for the life of me, can't remember their names. Probably best. So, you so we'll get this shit. So, <laughs> these kids were like, oh, these kids just moved into the neighborhood. They're from fucking California. Oh, cool. Yeah, like, whatever. It's cool. Turns out, like, their parents were drug dealers. Didn't realize <laughs> they were drug dealers until I walked into their backyard side yard. Mm-hmm. Where uh, the kid was like, "Yeah, every time, every day after school, I'm supposed to go and water this thing, fucking weed plants." No shit. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know any better. I didn't know the. I didn't really. That's a weird like, tomato plant. Like I heard about drugs, and I'll, a dare. I'll, like I'll be very honest. My my 
my eight-year-old son knows what drugs are. Like, he knows that, oh, yeah, it makes people crazy, or don't ever do them. Like, if anybody ever gives me something, I'm supposed to say no. You know, mm-hmm. that whole thing, that whole foundation. And, I mean, I knew that, too, as a kid. But to actually sit there, see it, and be like, well, yeah, that plant looks really cool. Like, <laughs> I didn't actually know what I was looking at. Sure. But, uh, so, yeah, I remember going to this kid's house one day. Um, and he's like, yeah, so, you know, what are my plants? I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, they smell funny, but whatever. Um, and then we walked into his house. And the thing is, it's like he had this, this like bedridden mom, but <sighs> she was an alcoholic. So I think she was too fucking drunk to get up. Oh, I was, I was like picturing like one of those like 800 pound women that like, no, she was not huge. No. And- but like everything was fucking weird about his house. Like the house was fucking dirty, nasty, smelt funny, whatever. The weed was in the backyard. There was fucking bottles everywhere. I realized so no, that I'm like an adult. House? Yeah, whatever. But, uh, he had a three legged dog with one blind eye. Really? Yeah. And I remember the dog's name too. It was like Chico or something like that. And uh, have you ever had a special needs animal? Um, my ex? <laughs> no, no. Yes, I had a dog who used to masturbate. Oh my God, Shiloh. Yeah, that was special needs. She had really long nipples. Uh, she was a weird dog. She never had puppies either. No, no, because we had her since she was a puppy. God, that's fucking weird. Anyway, go ahead. Um, so you got porn out of this person's house? Yeah. So anyway. Like, literally, his mom's home. He's like, come here. Let's come watch this. He had a big brother, too, who wasn't home. And he, like, starts going through his big brother's fucking drawers. Pulls out a, a VHS tape. Yeah. If you want to kind of date me here. <laughs> I don't want to date it's you. It's weird that I can... I mean, you know what I'm saying. Um, what was it called? Do you remember? Mm, big Dick in Paradise? Because no, that guy's no. schlong was huge. It was... At least I remember it. Like... Okay, so going back, it was okay. So it was either slippery when wet, which is probably like the name of every porn. Yeah, in the nineties, then, then a Bon Jovi album, <laughs> or it was uh, Young Dumb and Full of Cum, which is or Cum of Sung Young Guy. Cum of Sung Young Guy, but there was no Asian guys <laughs> or women. Yeah, so watching that porn, I remember the chick like blowing this dude, huge penis. He had a mullet. And, uh, like, my... So, I went back to my house after, uh, and I felt fucking, like, nasty the whole time. Like, I, I like, I, I, like, I felt so dirty watching this porn. Like, I thought, of, like I said, I thought it'd be a lot cooler than it was. So, I go home, my dad picks me up, and, like, I felt like I had just witnessed a murder. Like, it just kept... <laughs> Some kind of looming over your conscience. Yeah, I just kept... Like replaying it in my mind, like the latex, the fucking spit, like everything <laughs> was just going through my mind, and I was just mortified by what I witnessed. Holy it was absolutely spit. fucking terrible. Oh. It was horrible. And like looking back on it, like I understand like why why there is censorship, you know? Because like that, that fucking like if I felt like I was warped after seeing that shit, it was terrible. Like to a Japanese porn degree, like where they can't. To show unedited, unpixelated <laughs> penis. Or... That, that shit is retarded. That is because... retarded. But you're going to make an anime of tentacle porn? like Yeah. like I, I don't understand the censorship and the standards of other countries when it comes to... Like, the, like you said, the Japanese fucking pixelated porn. <laughs> you can't see a, a penis. 
<laughs> my fetish is not my fetish is not the porn itself, but the censorship of it. Yeah, like do you like pixels? Like, like is that like a, a cosplay then why for the... them is like fucking pixelated vaginas? <laughs> <laughs> like I wonder. I wonder if like they're so like My fucking... basement is full of Galaga <laughs> An original Donkey Kong. <laughs> uh... I, yeah, I don't get it. But but the older I get now, like like when I watch porn, like it's like the fucking pizza box. Like if you if you get a fucking microwave pizza, the outside of the box it looks fucking delicious. It looks like a deep dish fucking Chicago pizza that came out straight out of a pizzeria. You're fucking starving. You put it in the microwave. You fucking microwave that shit up. You eat it. But like before you eat the last piece of the pizza, it looks fucking burnt and disgusting. And that's like that's the way I, I think of porn now. Like. While I'm while I'm fucking tugging it, looking at this fucking porn, like it looks amazing, it looks delicious, like however you want to describe it. And then you fucking bust your nut, and you, you keep watching You're the porn. Disgusted it, with yourself. Yeah, like this is like I can fucking gag looking at this right now. It's like, fucking the gross. F- like the, the, I think the most disgusting thing I've seen on porn was like this dude fisting this chick's vagina and fisting her butthole the sound like made a V twin engine out of this chick. <laughs> just fucking going back and forth and fucking like slaps her fucking gape vagina at the end. The fistons. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like I'm looking at it and I'm like disgusted with myself. Like I'm not even turning What am anymore. I doing? Yeah, she's like moaning like a barnyard animal. It's like <laughs> okay. So like I think of that like if you were ever be possessed by demons it's that moment of clarity where like in the movies you see it yeah. or like whatever their eye colors change or all of a sudden like their their, their skin color like re- returns to normal like oh, dad <laughs> like you have that it, moment of clarity where it's like oh, the fuck am i watching <laughs> yeah and if, if i ever hear the word dad <laughs> in that porn i'm definitely turning it off what about stepdad dude the step the step sibling step is that mom, like the step, like the dad the genre is fucking disgusting. The loophole of incest porn. Yeah, I think I think it is. Why did our podcast turn to like? Do we it, need to make another podcast for porn? No, I think this is great. I think this, this is, is a great, great movie. This is a great ending. To this this is ridiculous. Um, yeah, I I don't think that anyone should condone that. I think that the whole step sibling shit <laughs> porn is fucking gross. <laughs> no one should watch that. If you are watching this, should, you probably live now. Yeah, like if you, if your fantasy revolves around your step sibling, you're fucking disgusting. You probably live in the Appalachian Mountains in a small cabin with dirt floors. That's oddly specific, isn't it? Yeah. Do you have like some sort of like repressed memory going on right now? No, I just have a. I, so I think it's I, in this PC world we live in to profile people. I feel like they think is of course wrong. We can't mm-hmm. profile. Like it's horrible. Why would you do that? Judge people. I feel like we should profile people all the time because it helps us evaluate as to who is around us and who we associate with. Well, Let me tell you right now, if you live in the back world of the Appalachian Mountains and you have a cabin or that you build mm-hmm. Well that's why stereotypes <laughs> exist. Seriously, I mean oh, like- did you see that billboard out of it was either Alabama or Georgia. Um I'll pull it up right now and I'll read it to you. It's uh it. it it's funny because at first you're like, oh, that's fucking fake, but it's not. You're you're fucking leaving me hanging. I don't even know what you're talking about right you now. You haven't seen this? Oh, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. I really am reluctant to type incest into Google, but incest billboard. 
Fuck it. I'm sure that your browser history is worse. Than mm. yeah, when I, I when I die, I just promise me one thing that you'll clear my browser history. Okay, here it is. Um, so it's actually this is out of Florida apparently, and it says getting drunk is never an excuse. She's your daughter, not your date. That's a real billboard. Yeah, it is a real billboard. It says we're calling incest out, and then there's a phone number. Take a look at this right here. What the fuck? Dude, if you live in the Florida area and know where this billboard is, please drunk is never send us pictures of date. it. Why is she black? She's not. No, that is a black chick. Send us pictures of this billboard. More detailed. Pi- oh, she is. Oh, my God. Anti-incest billboards. Oh, was there a website on there? Oh, there there's is. definitely a phone number. Refuge House. Stop the violence. Stop the violence. Oh, God, I can't. Refuge house. Domestic violence hotline. The hotline. But of course, it's everything local to me. What's stupid? Not insect, you idiot. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, they have they have a video. Refuge house launches campaign to combat incest. The most significant sexual assault issue facing our region without hesitation. And that's in Florida? Yeah, it says it. It mentions Tallahassee. Let's see if we can listen in on this to see if it's good audio. Listener, doubtful. I'm very doubtful. Actually, this is pretty sad. Fuck, dude, I'm sad. This is a commercial, clearly. <laughs> so we'll, ahead, one. We'll, we'll edit that out. <laughs> Here we go. I just wanted my dad to love me, as it says, to protect me. Instead, he made me touch him. Oh, God. All right, this got really fucking dark. He said if I told anyone, they wouldn't believe me. We believe you. Refuge house. All right, so this this circles back to this whole fucking... This, this circles back to the children, dude. Like, we can sit here and joke about it. I don't want to say joke about it, but... Joke about Epstein, joke about whatever. But if this shit's happening, this shit is clearly happening <laughs> there is an organization of which who combats it to which thank you to this organization for combating it because it's really fucked up yeah like ashton kutcher dude yeah that dude man he doesn't get enough credit for he how doesn't fucking done and you know he makes a really interesting point where it was talking about uh congress had brought him up mm-hmm. for i don't remember specifically what it was or if it was just a general conversation of child abuse and trafficking i mean the point he was making is like he's an actor and he's made these strides to fucking combat it and he's like why why me i'm just an actor yeah the government the government who has ultimately infinite funds and resources and whatever to combat this hired an actor have you ever seen Team America World Police? Yeah. It's that! I know. You combat... You, you, you hired an actor to combat essential terrorism yeah. of children. Yeah. That movie is the premise. But Ashton Kutcher is a hero. Absolutely. Yeah, he does not get enough credit for what he fucking did. Or is doing. Constantly. I mean, he's working on trafficking uh, around the world, but like... I would be really interested in... Maybe for another topic in the podcast to see what his organization, because he owns the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, him and Demi Moore. Yeah, him and Demi Moore as to what achievements they've made. 
um, agencies that they've helped. Um, yeah, he's helped the FBI. Yeah, <laughs> which is I don't want to say it's, it's sad because no, it's, it's embarrassing, not, but it's not. It's it's not because you have somebody who's so passionate in a very um, very tragic issue um, making a difference, doing just that, making a difference. But you have an agency, a government agency, who can't. They have to source out to this actor who has this passion when they have a division who is capable of investigating and making arrests. And But the, the, contracting this out is, is probably cheaper. Have somebody the the media passion, I think, is what it comes down to, is what makes me frustrated as an American, is that we're so focused on this bipartisan issue of left versus right and uh, people's feelings being hurt and there are true tragedies occurring that are being neglected just like child trafficking i mean that should be the fucking paramount of what we're talking about and instead we're more worried about orange man is bad fucking border needs to be open what do merkin what does merkin mean yeah yeah, like who gives a shit about a toupee on someone's dick? I mean, it should really be about what's true. I mean, there there's a bipartisan agreement that pedophilia needs to be eradicated. But and, there's a very and, and obvious agenda bias yeah. as to who really finds it important and who yeah, who who finds it lucrative on another sense. Yeah, and, and we're we're being distracted from what the true issues are. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that is unsettling and frustrating and scary yes. because we're being led astray from what the mass media wants you to fucking f- focus on. And it should be nothing other than let's make, let's make humankind better as opposed to let's worry about what the left or what the right is worried about. Ultimately what, I'm worried about is my friends, my family, and you should do the same. And I'm going to circle back with this PTSD talk. There's something called CTSD. It's continuous stress or continuous traumatic stress disorder. A lot of my first responders uh, suffer from this and it's not talked about and it's not mainstream yet, but it's people, police officers, EMTs, paramedics, firefighters, sheriff's officers, continually go through stressful situations and PTSD and CTSD are horrible and don't be afraid to talk to someone. I mean, honestly, like I, I would even open, both of us would open up to say, email us. I mean, we said it in the beginning of the podcast, red, right, and ridiculous at gmail.com. If you have an issue, either one of us would be happy to fucking be that ear. I mean, if you don't feel comfortable to talk to anyone else, you can talk to us. We've both been on the side of law enforcement fire where we know what it's like to be in that situation where you don't feel like you have an avenue to turn to anymore. And I'll say probably the biggest avenue you have are the people that you relate with the most, mm-hmm. um, which is the people that you typically work with. Yeah. Uh, but you need to decipher, too, if that that avenue of coping is healthy or not. Because in some cases, it certainly isn't. I mean, there are people who cope with those feelings via substance abuse. And I'll say it happens on the level of of, of public servants, yeah. you know? Um, Alcohol is probably the most common. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. This is the most... Legal. And socially acceptable. Yes. 
and ma- it's maskable, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You can have five or six beers for a barbecue and you know, Social yes. Yeah. So like, you just gotta talk to someone just to get it out. You know, it's better than hurting yourself or your family because you can't deal with it. Firestrong.org is available to pretty much everyone. That'd be another great resource to look into as well if you're in public safety. Police or fire. A lot of Facebook pages and things like that of first responders who are willing to help. Um, I can say that one that I can specifically think of is actually, strangely enough, is a clothing brand. Um, but their Facebook following actually has a, a um, kind of like their bylaws page and contacts around the country, the U.S., of individuals where you, if you have an issue, you can reach out to somebody near you and they will either themselves um, decided they will come talk to you, hang out with you, make sure that you're okay, um, or they can delegate it to somebody else that they know within the community, within their community. Um, so, and that's Stay the Course. Um, Stay the Course Industries is the uh, actual clothing brand, but uh, but their their community on Facebook is, is pretty neat and the way that they support each other as well. And it's all law enforcement fire and, and mostly military guys, but yeah, that, that supports there too. Awesome. Well, anything else you want to add? Episode number eight? No. All right. Thanks for listening. Um, again, email us, let us know what you want to hear. And, um, we'll certainly be happy to to rectify as much as we can and, and, and talk about it. Um, we certainly enjoy having guests on our podcast. Yeah, anyone in the Phoenix area that is interested, fucking hit us up, man. Be happy to interview you. Guy or gal, makes no difference. Anyways, thanks for listening. Take care.